Katerina Vargas stepped out of the away pod to find three Royal Marines facing her, with their rifles lowered. Their hair was trimmed so close to the scalp it was nearly a buzz, and they greeted her with hostile expressions on their square-jawed faces. Keep your hands up, one of the men snapped when she tugged on her shirt where it had ridden up under her gun belt. Thank you for the warm welcome. Where is your boss? Shut your mouth, he'll be here. Orient Tiger's damaged launch platform had proven incapable of sending her over to the Albion cruiser, so she'd strapped in and let the torpedo boat tether her pod and haul her manually over to the cruiser's snare. The snare had pulled her in, then left her sitting in the engineering bay for nearly forty minutes, before she was ordered out of the pod by these three. Katerina stared across an open room, large enough to hold one of the smaller schooners in her fleet. Unlike her own small bay, currently crammed with goods, this one was clean down to the well-scrubbed floor. Peerless hadn't fired her guns, had suffered no damage, and there were few workers in sight. Those few put down their tools to stare at her. Hands up, the lead marine said. Be a good girl now and don't make trouble. The other two removed her gun belt and let it slip to the ground. Then, in a quick motion, they twisted her wrists together and cuffed them. Fear, anger, and frustration warred within her. They'd been growing for the past two hours as she awaited her fate. The terms were that I would surrender as a freebooter. Katerina kept her voice lofty, her tone clipped, as befitted her upbringing on Albion. So why am I being treated as a criminal? Or did your master lie? Am I now to be subjected to a sham trial and hung as a pirate? The Marine said nothing, but someone else cleared her throat to one side. She glanced over and was surprised to see a pair of familiar faces from Blackbeard's old crew, standing among the workers in the cargo bay. They'd been standing casually, and Katerina had dismissed them with a glance. One was the woman with the shaved scalp and the Albion lions tattooed on her exposed forearms, who'd been Admiral Drake's old sub-pilot. What was her name again? Henny Cap. The other was a big Ladino fellow by the name of... The name slipped Katerina's mind. Please tell me James Drake is on board, she said, and that all of this is a misunderstanding. The pair shared an uncomfortable look. Sorry, we aren't supposed to talk, Cap said in a rough Yorktown accent that contrasted with Katerina's accent like sandpaper against silk. We got orders to haul you in. That's all we know, right, Carvalho? Carvalho, that was it. The Ladino shifted uncomfortably and wouldn't meet her gaze. So you're the ones who shot holes in my ship and left my launch platform a wreck. Cap shrugged at this. Sorry. She glanced toward the far door of the engineering bay. What's holding him anyhow? This was addressed to no one in particular. I only have one question, Katerina said. Was that a well-placed shot with your torpedo? Or were you trying to kill me and missed? I meant it to happen like that, Cap said. Could have hit you with both torpedoes, right? Count yourself fortunate, Carvalho added. Oh, certainly, what a lucky woman I am today, to be ambushed by former comrades. But I should be grateful because I've merely been robbed instead of killed. We're not supposed to talk to her, the lead marine said. Hold her ear and keep quiet. Them's our orders. Shut up, you. Cap said. I'm a lieutenancy. You're a bloody corporal. Sorry, sir. 
Where is that bloke anyway? Cap said irritably. Do you mean Captain McGowan? Katarina said. Maybe you should call him and tell him to stop hiding. Let him face me himself. Cap reached for her ear, as if to activate her comlink, but before she could, the door to the lift on the opposite side of the bay slid open. A tall figure came striding across the floor. Katarina would have recognized that posture from any distance. Edward McGowan. McGowan cut a handsome figure in his Royal Navy uniform of red and gold with its brass buttons, a great coat coming nearly to his knees, and the captain's bars on his shoulder. It had been several years since she'd seen him in person, but he was as handsome as ever, though he must be in his early forties by now. Iron Grey touched his temples, and a hint of crow's feet marked the corners of his eyes. McGowan came to a halt and looked her over.